December the 9th, 2023, 1 Samuel chapter 9, the mind of God. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your word this morning. You indeed are an awesome God. Grace and peace, my brothers and sisters. My name is RJ and I welcome you to another episode of God is Faithful and Just with all things being relational. And Father God, we thank you this morning. Thank you for again waking us up, preparing our minds, our hearts to receive your word. This day, our daily bread, we thank you with all honor and with all praise. We thank you. Glory, hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. And family, I thank you again on today for each and every day that you're awake with me. And whether it's in the afternoon that you're listening or the evening or early in the morning, first thing, I'd like to thank you. Indeed, it's an honor and a privilege. And I say it once, I say it a thousand times. I do not consider it or take it lightly. We're in the first book of Samuel, chapter 9. And remember, the concept yesterday was conform. Do not be conformed to this world. You are in the world, but not of the world. We are here to make a difference, to be the light of God, the character of Jesus. Be blessed on today. Let's go into this word. First Samuel chapter 9, the mind of God. Glory, hallelujah. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, son of Zeror, son of Bacorath, son of Apiah, a Benjaminite, a man of wealth. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a handsome young man. There was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Now the donkeys of Kish, Saul's father, were lost. So Kish said to Saul, his son, Take one of the young men with you and arise. Go and look for the donkeys. And he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and passed through the land of Shelesha, but they did not find them. And they passed through the land of Shalim, but they were not there. Then they passed through the land of Benjamin, but did not find them. When they came to the land of Zuth, Saul said to a servant who was with him, Come, let us go back, lest my father cease to care about the donkeys and become anxious about us. But he said to him, Behold, there is a man of God in this city, and he is a man who is held in honor. All that he says comes true. So now let us go there. Perhaps he can tell us the way we should go. Then Saul said to his servant, But if we go, what can we bring the man? For the bread in our sacks is gone, and there is no present to bring to the man of God. What do we have? The servant answered Saul again, Here, I have with me a quarter of a shekel of silver, and I will give it to the man of God to tell us our way. Formerly in Israel, when a man went to inquire of God, he said, Come, let us go to the seer. For today's prophet was formerly called the seer. And Saul said to his servant, Well said, Come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. As they went up the hill to the city, they met young women coming out to draw water and said to them, Is the seer here? They answered, He is here. 
Behold, he is just ahead of you. Hurry! He has come just now to the city because the people have a sacrifice today on the high place. As soon as you enter the city you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat till he comes, since he must bless the sacrifice. Afterward those who are invited will eat. Now go up, you will meet him immediately. So they went up to the city. As they were entering the city, they saw Samuel coming out toward them on his way up to the high place. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed to Samuel, Tomorrow, about this time, I will send to you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him to be prince over my people Israel. He shall save my people from the hand of the Israel of the, of the Philistines. For I have seen my people, because their cry has come to me. When Samuel saw Saul, the Lord told him, Here is the man of whom I spoke to you. He is it who shall restrain my people. Then Saul approached Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, where is the house of the seer? Samuel answered Saul, I am the seer. Go up before me to the high place, for today you shall eat with me, and in the morning I will let you go and tell you all that is on your mind. As for your donkeys, they were lost three days ago. Do not set your mind on them, for they have been found. And for whom is all that is desirable in Israel? Is it not for you and all your father's house? Saul answered, Am I not a Benjaminite from the least of the tribes of Israel? And is not my clan the humblest of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then have you spoken to me this way? Then Samuel took Saul and his young man and brought them into the hall and gave them a place at the head of those who had been invited, who were about thirty persons. And Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion I gave you, of which I said to you, put it aside. So the cook took, took up the leg and what was on it, and set them before Saul. And Samuel said, See, what was kept then has set before you. Eat, because it was kept for you until the hour appointed, that you might eat with the guest. So Saul ate with Samuel that day, and when they came down from the high place into the city, a bed was spread for Saul on the roof, and he lay down to sleep. Then at the break of dawn Samuel called to Saul on the roof, Up, that I may send you on your way. So Saul arose, and both he and Samuel went out into the street. As they were going down to the outskirts of the city, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to pass on before us, and when he passed on, stop here yourself for a while, that I may make known to you the word of God. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, this morning for your word. The mind of God. God is truly good, family. Indeed, he is. And one of our thoughts as we read this book of Samuel is the question of where do you see yourself? Where do you see your family? Where do you see your community in the stories that we are reading? And what is God's character, God's mind or actions in relation to the characters in the stories? This story in particular strikes me as strange or puzzling because it appears that God is okay with Israel now having a king. 
I say this because Saul can have had no ambitious or ambitions or expectations about becoming king. The chief point of this passage may well be Saul's innocence and, and lack of ambition. He did not set out to gain any fame or power, but merely to retrieve his father's lost property, the donkeys. He did not seek kingship, but God, so to speak, found him and went on to make him king. Yes, we know it was Israel's choice to dethrone God, so, so to speak, but they were going to let Samuel pick the king. Saul did not even know who Samuel was or recognize him when they met. We can imagine that after the events of chapter 8 on yesterday, some ambitious men may have tried to get access to Samuel to impress him with their ability or to win his favor. Saul, on the other hand, was not such a man. In verses 15 through 27, the story so far has made it clear that no human being had planned that Samuel and Saul should ever meet. God had overruled Saul's movements and now revealed directly to Samuel that Saul was God's own choice to be king. So Samuel knew Saul when the two men met and also knew what must be done to make Saul king. Saul, however, remained in ignorance of God's plans throughout the events of this chapter. Samuel only gradually made him aware that God has special plans for him. In verse 20, Samuel referred to the desire of Israel. The reader or us, we understand that it meant their desire for a king. But such a remark naturally puzzled Saul. Then Samuel's action in verse 24 showed Saul that he was an honored guest, but still did not reveal the full truth. The section continues to make the point that far from grasping at kingship and power, Saul even now was humbly unaware of his future role. Saul did not seize power, nor did Samuel promote some close friend of his own to kingship. Saul was completely God's choice. Furthermore, the word king does not occur in this chapter. Verse 16 and chapter 10 verse 1 on tomorrow both use the word leader, the Hebrew word nagid. In this version they use the word prince. The exact meaning of the Hebrew word is disputed. Possibly king designate is the sense with the implication that Saul was not actually king until the public ceremony at Mizpah described in chapter 10, again, which we will read on tomorrow. When things like this happen, family, in the reading, it should spark your attention. That is why studying the word is important, and sometimes that requires looking up the text or the word in the original language. At any rate, in this context, it is unlikely that the word stands in any contrast to a king because the verb anoint used with it implies kingship. The function of Saul as leader is clarified. His task is to deliver Israel from the Philistines and to govern, literally restrain or control the Israelites. In this way, God was going to provide through Saul the two most important political needs of the time, 
The first was the defeat of the enemy who could otherwise have crushed Israel out of existence. The other was the internal need of Israel for unity and strong government. So as we continue with this new segment of the story, where do you see yourself? Where do you see your family? Where do you see your community? And what is God's response, God's character, or God's mind? Abba, Father, glory, hallelujah. As we embrace to see ourselves in history, your story, written some three to 6,000 years ago, we also look forward to seeing your character, your heart, and your mind. We desire to know you, Father God, and we know that it is your will that we know you, that we seek you, that you may be found. The scripture tells us to ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. Therefore, we humbly do just that. We desire to know, to know you more each day. We open up our hearts and anticipate from glory to glory the goodness of your love. We bless you. We praise you and exalt you in the mighty and majestic name of your son, Jesus. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Family, do be encouraged on today. Let this word of God, let it, let it marinate in your mind and in your heart. Think about, again, the characters that are being portrayed here, the story that are being lit, that are living out their lives then, what it means to you now, what God's character is saying to them then and what it is saying to you now. Be a student of the word of God that the word may come alive to you because it is God who is coming alive to you. That his power, that his strength may be one with you and that all that you do say, think will be that of the Lord our God that you may glorify him and those of you my friends who do not clearly understand these words or they have not become a part of your character as of yet they have not illuminated in your mind and in your heart it is because of sin sin has blinded us all at some point in our lives and have stopped us from hearing seeing and being able to have revealed what God is saying but God said, if you confess your sins to him, he is faithful, he is just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If out of your mouth you call upon the name of Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead to pay the penalty, the price for your sin, you shall be saved. Your eyes shall be opened, your ears shall hear, you shall taste and see that the Lord our God, he is good and he is worthy to be praised. And we want to walk with you, family. This journey was not made to be walked alone. It was made to be shared with and in community. We love you, for indeed we do. And we want to do life with you. Grace and peace be upon you. And we look forward to being with you here again on tomorrow. And in the meantime, family, 
be a blessing to those around you. Glory, hallelujah.